Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Web University Radio, WG, WG.org. I am Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with a cinema aficionado wannabe. <laughs> Who is that over My there? name is Jen. That's Jen, Jen Guberman uh, joining us. She is the Broadcast Film Critics Association scholar for this fall semester, and uh, we're glad to have you, as always. I'm glad to be here. You doing okay this week? Pretty good. It's, yeah. it's been a busy week. <laughs> yeah, busy, busy week, as a lot always. going on, and uh, we've, uh, we've got some movies. We'll give you kind of a sneak preview of what you can expect uh, for, this, uh, for this particular show. If you've never listened to this show, we do talk movies, pretty much all aspects of films that we want to. We give you uh, reviews of current films. We also tell you what's new in theaters. Uh, also, what's new at home, if you want to wait and uh, check out some things at home, what you can check out there. Uh, we give you a trailer of the week uh, and then sometimes throw in some hot topics and other related things. What am I missing? Am I missing anything? Did I, did I, did I give I them the sneak, t- sneak peek? I think so. All right, well, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's dive. Oh, also, box office results. Oh, yeah. Yes, the <laughs> first. <laughs> staring right at my notes, too. <laughs> the first thing on our list, we look at box office results from last week. And, and no surprise what was number one last week, but I think a big surprise for many people just how much money it made. So let's look at the top five of the box office and uh, start with number five and work our way up, Jen. Uh, number five is Wind River with $3.2 million. Number four was, and this has been on here for quite a while, Annabelle Creation at $4 million. Number three was The Hitman's Bodyguard at $4.8 million. Number two is Home Again with $9 million. And then number one, which is a huge jump up from the $9 million for number two, is It with $123.1 million on its opening week or weekend. That, that is a record um, for... Um, for opening uh, anything in September. I mean, those those kind of numbers are the numbers you would see during the summer or maybe during Christmas break. But you don't normally see this during what I typically call the, the dead zone um, because uh, we were just getting through with the summer, going into the fall before award season. These numbers are really, um, really unthinkable for any film. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I was shocked just how much. I, didn't, I wasn't shocked that it was number one. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be number one, but, but was shocked at just how well it did. So uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think that's, that's caused this to do so incredibly well? I definitely think there was a lot of hype before this movie came out, too. I mean, just like months and months of seeing trailers pop up on Facebook and people talking about it. And I mean, yes, there was the original film and then there was a book. So definitely the people who are fans of the book or fans of the original movie... Um, or both. Right. And then, I mean, you even have people from my generation who are a little too young to really be familiar with. I mean, some of them are. Yeah. But a lot of them are too young to be familiar with it. But at the same time, like, they all just were like, oh, it looks really good. And then also I heard a couple people who have actually been talking about, you know how it's just kind of a weird thing for a while to see people dress like clowns yes, that yes. whole thing so yeah. i'm i'm wondering if that maybe had an impact to where people were just kind of had a weird clown fascination yeah, right now yeah. well um amazing that this movie um did so well and the anticipation for this weekend is it's uh, to continue its number one uh ranking uh there are some other new films opening in theaters but uh but this one's got such a good word of mouth but also um the uh, the critical scores of this are really solid. Uh, when you look across the board, uh, a lot of good good feedback from this film. And uh, Jen and I are going to talk about this movie uh, and give you our thoughts as well. And I tell you what, why don't since we're talking about it, let's go ahead and dive into our thoughts and uh, our review of this, and then we can talk we can talk about what's opening in theaters after that. Does that sound good? Sure. 
let's talk about a review. Let's talk about it. What were your thoughts? Uh, give us kind of a brief synopsis of what the movie is about, and then let's dive into your uh, review of this. Okay. Um, well, basically, the movie is about. And at first I was saying a clown, but I was corrected. An evil spirit that takes on the form of a clown. Um, I'm sorry. Either way, it was a clown. Yeah, either way. He's a really creepy clown. (laughs) Like, super creepy. Um, But basically, he kind of, like, terrorizes this town of Derry. um, And primarily kids. And so he attacks and... I guess basically feeds on these kids and he comes back like every 27 years. And so it kind of, the movie takes place during one of these periods of attacks. Yeah. Feeds on the kids mm -hmm. physically and also mentally feeds on their their fears as well. Um, Yeah. And, and the story is told through this group of teenagers call themselves the losers club. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I was watching it, I'm reminded of, uh, of many films that kind of carry this, these outcast teenagers and how do they fit in? How do they deal with bullying, with abuse, um, with being kind of the, uh, you know, the bottom of the shoe of society in many ways? And, uh, you know, you see them having to deal with not only real fears and real things going on, but internal, uh, a lot of internal demons mm-hmm. that they're facing as well. And also with, with this, you've got a creepy house at the end of the road that I would never go in. <laughs> I would absolutely never go in this. But, uh, you know, the, the original film uh, was actually a miniseries for TV. So um, I, I rewatched it. I think we mentioned it last week. I rewatched it. It didn't really quite hold up. Uh, it's a completely different kind of film because this one, uh, the new version, uh, R-rated, and I think very much needed for this mm-hmm. kind of film to work well. Blood, gore, some violence, language. I don't know that all the language was needed. <laughs> no. But, um, but that's, that'd be the only thing I'd say. You could probably have dialed that back just a little bit. But um, really interesting cast of, in many ways, a lot of unknowns um, mm-hmm. leading this film that became such a huge success. Um, so what were your thoughts on this? I really liked the casting. Um, for starters, I'm a big fan of Stranger Things. And yes. they had um, Finn... I think it's Wolfhard, Wolfhard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you pronounce his yeah. last name? Um, I think he's, I think he's adorable for starters, and I didn't realize that he was actually fourteen, like yeah. as a as a person. Right. Um, but then when he played this character, and he's supposed to be a little older, like in Stranger Things, he just comes off as so little. Yeah. But I thought he did a really good job taking on this character. Um, With some comic relief yeah, too for him, for um, sure. Yeah, you know, as I was watching it, it didn't. I didn't look at the cast uh, beforehand, but as I was watching, I'm like that dude is so familiar and I've seen them in something similar to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Stranger Things. Yep. Uh, but he's got a different different role or mm-hmm. different type of character in Stranger Things, but he's still dealing with a lot of the same mm-hmm. concepts. Um, you know, Stephen King is known for, for bringing themes of bullies and abuse and internal conflict uh, and also using uh, young talent. We saw it in Stand By Me. And in many ways, this is kind of a horror version of a Stand By Me but I thought the young talent was great. Mm-hmm. Great casting in this. Um, I, I thought the visual effects were near perfect. Sound design score, the action set design, the directing. I, I really think, for me, from top to bottom, this is one of those films that, as I was going down my list, I'm like, A, 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 yep. A, A, from top to bottom. And it's hard and rare for me to see that. Mm-hmm. But I, I gave this film an A rating. Yeah, I gave it an A plus if yeah. you're considering pluses and yes. minuses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought um, the, the movie, one thing we didn't mention, this takes place in the late 1980s, 88, mm-hmm. 89. And uh, there were some great musical choices that were thrown in. 
um, music by the Cure and the Cult. Um, if anybody's familiar with the music from that time period, and some and uh, there are a couple songs that you may recognize the artist, but you maybe not maybe wouldn't recognize that particular song. And I think that was a pretty interesting choice. Uh, some really humorous jabs at New Kids on the Block, which was fun <laughs> uh, to see that done. Um, the director. Uh, and his sister, uh, Andy and uh, Barbara, see if I get their names right, Muschietti, um, they teamed up for this, and they're also teaming up for the sequel. And the sequel, this when you watch this movie to the very end, you'll see it says It, Chapter 1, because this is all told from the kids' perspective. And if you look at the miniseries, you're actually getting the kids' perspective, and then you're getting them 27 years later um, as adults as well, having to revisit this. And so... Uh, they have both, uh, the director and producer, both signed up for the sequel, and they're going to be starting pre-production on that pretty early on. Now, some things that I take away from this, I'm going to stay away from storm drains, <laughs> sewers, uh, during downpours especially, sewers pretty much any time. Uh, I don't chase after red bouncing balloons, especially in <laughs> libraries. Why especially you? in libraries. Um, if I see burnt Easter eggs, I'm just going to leave them be. <laughs> Um, and um, clowns are just darn freaky. I don't care if they're spirits or whatever, but a uh, solid A rating for me on it. Yep, anything else you want to add? I just wanted to say a little bit about the guy that they ended up casting to play the clown. The clown's yep. name is Pennywise. Yep. Um, his name is Bill Skarsgård, mm-hmm. and I thought that he did, for starters, he did a phenomenal job, I think, and he wasn't their first choice. I guess they had a couple other ones that just ended up falling through. But I think it worked out really well with this guy. And, like, a couple of the little characteristics of Pennywise are just, like, for starters, he's got this thing where his eyes don't look, like, straight on at you. They kind of awkwardly roll to the outsides a little. And at first, apparently, they were going to do this with CGI. But then he's, like, basically, nah, I got this. And he just does it himself. Um, He just kind of, on his own, drools profusely. Oh, yeah. Um, Just all these, like... Yeah, the drool coming out of his mouth was just... It just, like, pours. (laughs) It was just, like, that's nasty. (laughs) And then he also apparently trained with a contortionist to move the way that Pennywise does as well. Really? Because he's got, like, that really loose kind of (laughs) look to him. Yeah, and and he's a dancing clown, too. Pennywise the dancing clown, Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And so I really liked the dedication with that, and also the fact that he wasn't allowed for, like, the first half of production. He didn't really actually... He wasn't in scenes with the kids and so he wasn't allowed to be seen by the kids he was only able to like interact with his makeup crew of like three people right and so all these other people are talking about how it's the best production they've ever worked on and all this stuff and he's just kind of left out all by himself but apparently his first interaction with um the character Eddie, played by Jack Dylan Grazer, he was my favorite. He was, I called him Fanny Pack Kid the whole yeah. time, and he was just, I thought he did a great job, too. Yeah, he's, but, he's, um, he's the stereotypical kid that uh, that deals with allergies and sicknesses mm-hmm. and has to have an inhaler every five minutes. Yep. You see that in so many <laughs> different films. And I'm going to pause right real sure. quick. Even though I, I felt some of the kids' characters were stereotypical of what you'd mm-hmm. see in the Losers Type Club, it worked here. Yeah. You know, it did it didn't feel like I was seeing the same thing that I'd mm-hmm. seen before. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, it was the same. Like I kind of agree you have the one who is, you know, a little more crass and like just the almost like a class clown except for the group clown, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but not an evil clown. Oh, yeah, no, true. That's a good point. <laughs> clown might not be the best word choice. <laughs> but, you know, and you you've got like 
out of the group of guys, they've, they've got to have the one girl, and yep. it's just... And then you've also got to have a kid who has a little too much weight on him, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you've got one that's a little more analytical and thought than the others. Mm-hmm. But it didn't, to me, it didn't feel formula uh-uh. in this, and, and that's, uh, I really um, applaud the director for that. I applaud the writing, the writing I applaud the writing of the source material with Stephen King first and foremost, but to be able to translate that to audiences on the screen who have seen these kind of things to an extent, but have seen these kind of characters before, um, but to do it where you don't feel like you're watching the same thing, that's that's talent, and, mm-hmm. and it worked. So the acting and the directing really made that happen. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and finish, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but basically the first interaction that um, Skarsgård had with the kid who played Eddie, it was, I'm not going to give away too much detail, but it's just this... Um, scary intense scene where he like surprises him and again this is the first time this kid has seen the guy dressed as pennywise and he's just looking like he's like panicking and freaking out because he's in character and so i saw this interview with Skarsgård, and he's talking about how he felt terrible he's like i'm scarring this kid for life <laughs> and all this stuff and then the director yells cut and jack dylan grazer's like oh man i love what you're doing with the character and all this stuff and Skarsgård was just really Taken aback because the kid was totally chill with it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. So it, a uh, high recommendation from Cinema Scene, uh, a double whammy with an A and an A plus uh, from us here. What's new in theaters uh, this weekend? And one of those new in theaters is something we will uh, review. It's a limited release film, but what else is new in theaters if people are looking for new things? Do you have that list? No, you no? have that list. Well, I'll tell you what, I will talk about that list. Uh, Blake Lively is in a drama thriller that you're not going to find a whole lot about. This is one of those kind of flying under the radar. It's called All I See Is You, and it's a story of a blind woman's relationship with her husband and the changes that happen with that when she regains her sight and discovers uh, disturbing details about her husband that she never knew existed. That's called All I See Is You. Blake Lively stars in that. Uh, also, uh, American Assassin. Uh, starring Michael Keaton and Taylor Kitsch. It's an action-adventure uh, film, spy film, based on the best-selling book series about a black ops agent, Mitch Rapp. Fifteen books have been written about this character, and so this is the first film uh, to cover this. That's American Assassin. Uh, also, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Ed Harris, and Harvey Abardam star in Mother. Uh, it's a creepy psychological thriller about a pair of newlyweds, a new home, and a couple of unusual house guests. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that this weekend. Uh, I'm going to check that out. From the uh, director uh, of Black Swan, so it's going to definitely have some uh, some creepy and creative uh, things uh, within this film. It's a different kind of film, that's for sure. I've heard that it's at least to some degree or another based on a movie, which I've never seen, but I'm very familiar with the concept of, um, Rosemary's Baby. Yes. And so if that's the case, yeah. I, like they're not really saying whether or not it's like uh, just a psychological film or if it is a demon film. I tend to stray away from demon ones personally. Um, that's like the only spot really with horror that I draw the line. So I'm still yeah. on the fence. Like, do I want to see it? Do I not want to see it? Like, I'm like morbidly curious. Yeah, well, they've done a, done a nice job just planting seeds, but not mm-hmm. telling you exactly what to expect. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go see it. I, I, I will. Um, I, I love Jennifer Lawrence. And you actually did research on Jennifer Lawrence uh, last year around mm-hmm. this time. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to checking, uh, checking this out, uh, and that is called Mother. Uh, also in limited release is uh, an ensemble-driven film called The Wild Wedding. Uh, Jen and I both got a chance to check this out. It's a dramedy, a uh, story of first loves, last loves, regrets, and kind of the search for what's really important in life. 
um, some of the stars in this, big-name folks, Glenn Close, Minnie Driver, Patrick Stewart, and John Malkovich. Um, the story, I'll give you a quick snapshot of the story. Um, Glenn Close plays a character by the name of Eve Wilde. Uh, she's preparing to get married for the fifth time. Eve is a very famous actress, um, and uh, she's never really found love. She's found success everywhere else, but love has always eluded her. And so there's a weekend celebration uh, to celebrate her fifth wedding to uh, Patrick Stewart's character. And uh, I can't ask the story question that drives this is, will she ever really find true love? So that's the story. Um, give me, let me get your thoughts on it, Jen. I think we, you and I both will, will feel slightly in the same way on this. So, so give me your thoughts on the wild wedding. Um, just being straight up, I wasn't a huge fan of this one. <laughs> um, I think personally, the acting left the characters really, really static. i and also watching it, there are a ton of characters. Oh yes. Like, oh yes. From someone who comes from a family that's very spread out, seeing a movie with a family that they're all in the same room, it's a little overwhelming. Like, I was watching it with my roommate, and the whole time I'm like, okay, now which one was this again? And <laughs> right. wait, is this the one that did right. this? Right. And I was wrong half the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's also labeled... It was confusing because there were yeah. so many characters. Yeah. Um, and also, it was labeled as a comedy, but I think I maybe only, like, cracked one smile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which was a little bizarre. Um there was one part that I thought was clever and funny, but I'm I'm not gonna spoil anything with that one. It's kinda later in the film. Okay. Um, and then there were this this is a little thing for me, but still parts of the film were done in kind of like a home film type style. Mm-hmm. Not much of it, but there were parts of it. And to me that kind of sometimes it can be done well, but I think it's mm-hmm. really challenging. So mm-hmm. to me with this one it kind of cheapened the production okay. quality a little. Interesting, because I feel the I feel differently about that. Really? Um I huh. liked that, and that's one of the things I really liked about it was well one of the few things I liked about it, <laughs> the beginning of it really felt, uh, it, you know, it opens up with uh, this granddaughter kind of launching into this kind of narrative and you're seeing her on camera and it's almost like she's doing this kind of reality show capturing the life of family and, well, mostly family um, and how they feel about love and how they feel about their grandmother or mother or aunt or uncle or whatever it is. And I like that aspect of it. I, I thought the beginning of it started out kind of fun and quirky, um, you know, dysfunctional. It was a little different. And so for the first 30 minutes, I, I kind of liked where it was headed, but then it hit just almost hit this brick wall for me. And the entire middle of it just bogged down and stuff that just I didn't care about. Um, I, I, I think the, the, the music, the score was really playful. And, and it, uh, you know, it played to that comedy element of it and some things that were happening. But it really was a dramedy. There was much more drama than there mm-hmm. was comedy. Um, I did like the actors that were cast, but their roles were just very, very mm-hmm. flat. Um, you know, there wasn't much change there from any of them. Um, I, there were times early on I felt it was a little charming. And then all of a sudden, once I hit that middle act, I said, where is this going and do I really care? Mm-hmm. And I really didn't. It did pick up toward the end, but it wasn't enough. I mean, I started out with thinking, okay, this may be heading toward B plus category early on, <laughs> but that changed for me. And the best I could give it was was a C minus. And the more I've digested it, I'm really leaning toward probably a D plus at the best for this. Uh, Daniel Harris was the writer and director, and he's the son of a leg- legendary uh, filmmaker Richard Harris. 
And it, this felt like a, a stage play to me as I was watching it. Uh, I think it would have been probably better as a stage play, um, but it just did not work as a film for me. No, me neither. Um, I ended up just giving it a D. No, okay. no plus or minus there. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the cast, uh, I felt like I'd seen these type of characters before in so many of these family dysfunctional films, uh, really slow pacing, predictable. Um, and yeah, something that neither one of us will recommend. Uh, the Wild Wedding with uh, you know some great acting talent, but uh, it was wasted here. I almost wonder if just because they wanted to get together just to hang out and work together. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they would, they would sign on for this film, but The Wild Wedding, uh, stay away from it as far as we're concerned. All right, what's next on our list, Jen? Uh, we have the home delivery category. All right, dive in. Tell me what's uh, what's new at Holmes this weekend. Okay, so this week we have three different movies that were released for DVD, Blu-ray, streaming, all that good stuff. Um, we have one called It Comes at Night, and it's a horror thriller. I feel like every week I've got to bring you some kind of <laughs> horror movie. It's just I feel apparently drawn to them. Um, well, this one's more of, I guess, apocalyptic as well. Um, but it's apparently after the apocalypse, these two families end up moving in together to keep the outside evil away. Um, but they end up learning that true horror is inside. Ooh, true horror so is inside. So mysterious. What kind of horror <laughs> are we talking about? <laughs> um, and then we've got The Mummy, which is an action fantasy movie about a guy named Nick Morton and his partner. And they accidentally uncover, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation, so I'm just... It's an Egyptian princess yeah, <laughs> um, from her tomb, and they have to stop her from basically destroying London, um, and that one's got Tom Cruise in it. Yep, and I, I did not give that a high review. I gave it just a, a bit of an average film. Uh, they were really hoping that this movie was going to be the launch of a new whole mar- monster movie franchise called The Dark Universe, and this was the first, and if you watch this film, you'll actually see... Um, You'll see some Easter eggs for some of the other films, but also you'll see characters in this that were going to be in future films. Don't know if it's going to happen or not. The movie did well overseas, uh, did not do well here in the U.S., but we'll see uh, if, uh, if Universal, which is the, uh, the film company that put this out, we'll see if they continue doing this with the monster movies. And if I remember right, too, I think that was one of like the bottom five box yes, office ones you mentioned for was. the summer. It sure was, so, yeah. yeah. It sure um, was. Watch at your own risk, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then I've got an interesting one. Um, it's the last one, Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. <laughs> um, it's a family comedy adventure movie. I remember when I was little too, like mostly the little boys, but um, a lot of kids used to like these books growing up, and I know that there are still a lot of them that read them because yeah. this movie is based on at least one of the books. I don't, I don't know how many of them, especially because they're kind of small. Um, but it's about these two students who spend their time creating comic books when their mean principal threatens to separate them in class. Um, so the two boys accidentally end up hypnotizing him into thinking he's a superhero named Captain Underpants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I could have thought of a whole lot better names than Captain yeah. Underpants. But I mean, if you're trying to appeal to like, what oh, age yeah, group would you say school. probably reads those? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or elementary and middle school. Yeah, mm-hmm. fourth, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah. 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 So if you're trying to appeal to little boys, yeah. Captain Underpants probably will yeah, sell yeah. some books. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Good deal. Any others? No, nope, that was it for me. All right. Uh, Marathon Minded. We talked about Stranger Things earlier, and uh, after seeing it, um, I found myself wanting to revisit Stranger Things again because it's just such a great 
uh, great series. And it was originally put together as just kind of this limited series. They didn't have any really plans on, you know, are we going to continue to do this as a regular series? And the way it was put together, it could stand alone, but it also, you know, sets the stage for hmm, what's next. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a huge fan of this. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Highly recommend it, especially if you are a fan of it um, or if you're a fan of a kind of a coming of age meets supernatural uh, elements. Uh, highly recommend Stranger Things. You feel the same way about oh, this. Oh, I love it. And season two comes out, I think, on Halloween. So you still yeah. have time to binge watch season one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, that's a marathon minded thing I'm recommending. Binge, binge worthy uh, Stranger Things on. Netflix. Do you have anything else you want to share before we wrap things up? Mm, not for me. All right. Well, that is it for this edition of Cinema Scene right here on Gardner Web University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II. And I'm Jen. And until next time, that is a wrap.